and welcome back to The One Where I Met Your Mother, a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. And how are you today, Natalie? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. I'm very excited because I feel like, knock on wood, fingers crossed, I feel like this is episode eight. I I feel like we're going to be in our groove today. Oh, well, I, we'll see. I'm a little sleepy, but... You're it, a little sleepy. We took some time off. We took... I guess several weeks off at this point, peek behind the curtains. Yeah, we're recording this before anything has been released still. We wanted to get a bunch of these uh, under our belt before we started releasing them. And recently it was like Mother's Day. There's just other stuff going There's on. Other Mother's stuff going Day, on. that's uh, fitting, right? Yeah. We should have done a Mother's yeah, Day special. Well, we've we got years to go. And Friends announcement, there's going to be a reunion. Yeah, but episode. it's like a they just sit around and reminisce type of... I think so. Deal. I think, yeah. They're not like, doing like a reunion episode no. where they like play the characters. No, again. yeah, they're playing themselves. Um, but still, I think it's relevant to a discussion. Yeah. yeah. I still want to watch it. What are other, some other TV shows you think you would like to see reunions of? <sighs> I don't know that I would. Yeah. I want to see, like, not that I want actually want to see I'm curious, given, like, all the recent revelations, I want to see the cast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer get together and, like, actually talk about what a monster Joss Whedon was. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. I don't know if it would be fun for them, but it would be interesting to watch. Well, there would be so many shows about, like, how the, like, producers and directors and writers are bad people. It's toxic, yeah. <laughs> um, like, toxic work environments. Yeah. 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 What a crazy, uh, terrible, terrible industry we seem to love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Truly. But uh, so we watched seasons one, episodes eight of of both uh, shows, both Friends and How I Met Your Mother. So we'll start, as we always do, with Friends season one, episode eight, uh, which I believe is called The One Where Nana Dies Twice. Um, it's interesting how they choose to name the episodes. It's yes. not like, it's not like last week was the one with the blackout. That's actually how. That's what happened. You might actually refer to that episode right. as the one with the blackout. Yeah. You would never refer to this as like no. Nana like dying we, twice is such a tiny part of like the first act of the. But how would you refer to it? It would be like the funeral or the one with the yeah funeral. the one with Nana's funeral maybe yeah the the funeral is a big much bigger part of the fact that than you know when I think about like the. The one where Rachel and Ross do laundry together is not called that. It's called the one with the German laundry detergent, right. which is like one a reference to one joke. So yeah, maybe it. I don't takes, know if this is a criticism or it takes an idea an and then or you know some some shows have like alternate writing staffs. Have you heard of this? Well, I can think of um, a few examples, um, but you go ahead with what. No, you no, were no, no. Go ahead. Okay, so. Um, there are some that are like unconfirmed that like Modern Family, the two creators who yes, are Christopher Lloyd and Steve Levitan, like did not get along by the end of the so show. That's why and there so was so much like it would take turns like inconsistency yeah. with one episode. Like it would be every other week that yeah. an episode would be good. And then I know I don't know if Glee was actually run this way, but Glee had like three main writers and there was like people who followed Glee could sort of pinpoint like what what staff was or like what type of episode it would be like sure. this writer is clearly interested in these type of stories this writer is clearly, and it would like be a like a schizophrenic show week to week right. but the one um that's actually like been confirmed to have happened i can't remember what was the 
most of the Kevin James show. King of no, the one his more recent one, where it was such a weird thing because like they retooled it where the white like Aaron Hayes played his wife and then they kill, literally killed her off and then oh. like brought back um, uh, Leah Rumini. <laughs> like, yes, and I can't remember what the show was called. Yeah, is it The World According to Kevin? Maybe that sounds that sounds right. So whatever that show was, that one had two different writers' rooms because of the. 2016 election like there were a bunch of pro-Trump writers Mm, and a bunch of liberal writers and they literally could not get along and so the show came in and just like made two separate writers rooms for them wow that's that's very funny but yeah but it's weird to think uh, given what we know about the industry it's weird to think there are enough pro-Trump sitcom writers in LA to staff even half a show but apparently there's more Trumpy people than we would have thought. Yeah, that's upsetting. But yeah, I wonder if it's the kind of thing where like they take turns naming the episode. That could be fun. Sure, yeah. You know, and that might account for the inconsistency. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so in the one with the one where Nana dies twice, uh, we start the episode. Nana's still alive. We've never even heard of Nana yet. Um, the, The sort of cold open of the episode is um, Chandler's coworker tries to set him up with a gay man who works in the office because she assumes he's gay. And this is, I mean, we'll get to running jokes and motifs later, but gay panic is yep. like a very familiar mode yeah. for friends. Although I do give the show credit a little bit. He wasn't, I mean, I guess he was upset about being mischaracterized, but it wasn't as if he was like, skeeved out by it yeah or like trying too hard to prove his masculinity it actually like he actually came out as like came out as um (laughs) it actually like he was not only cool with it but was actually like considering like who he'd be compatible with as far as like the dudes in the office yeah he wasn't like his masculinity wasn't threatened yeah he was more upset that his coworker thought that Brian from payroll was out of his league. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's a funny take. So I do give them credit for not like actually panicking. But, um, so we go straight from that into a scene where they're all eating Chinese food in which I have to, I was obsessed with how they, well first, yes, I'll get to the chops in a second, but first it was the classic like TV movie thing of like, no one's actually eating. They're just poking around at their food the entire time. No one like, like takes a bite because they have to do a bunch of takes and they would actually get sick. But But that's one of those things like the empty coffee cup that I feel like once you notice it in movies and TV shows, you can't not notice how no one actually eats. Yes. I think it's another trope in shows also when they get like, Chinese takeout there's like 13 boxes whereas like we were talking when we get like any sort of like takeout or delivery like we each get a plate and then maybe like share something but we never go like let's order everything on the menu and have like eight different boxes and then have leftovers like that's just not maybe we should do that it sounds fun Although I'm not, no, I, no, I have a bias against leftovers. Exactly. We would eat way too much in one sitting, right. and then I would be left with eating the rest of it the next day. Yeah, I don't eat leftovers. It's like a hang-up I have about, like... I love leftovers. I don't know. I think I... Um, not that I like, grew up... Like, I grew up comfortable or whatever. I mean, like, uh, I didn't want for things. But still, I was one of four kids with working-class parents, like... We ate leftovers a lot because stuff had to stretch. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think there's a part of me that's like, 
I'm an adult now. I make my own money. I have my own job. I don't, I don't have to eat leftovers anymore. And I think that's like in my head. Right. But if it's delicious, you want to do it again. If and it's delicious, I, I'll finish it all the first time. And sometimes it's better the second day. That's true. In some cases. That is true in some cases. Um, but yeah, let's talk about these chopsticks. I've never seen anything like it. They were chopsticks, but one, so it was a set of chopsticks in which one was a chopstick. The other one was a chopstick with a fork on the other end. It was a fork and a knife with oh, chopsticks knife. on the other end. So you can use it as, you can cut up your food if you wanted to, or use it as a chopstick. Do you think these are utensils that Monica and Rachel have in the apartment on hand for takeout? Or do you think that actually came with the order? They looked like they were reusable. Like they looked like they were um, plastic. Plastic. Yeah. Yeah. So they were probably like this restaurant's like thing. Yeah. Would you want that though? No. Yeah. It looked like unwieldy, but I was like, huh. Because I think of like my mom is always like asking for a fork. Like she never wants to use the chopstick. So maybe like, or maybe for children, it'd be helpful for children. But yeah, Yeah. it just seemed kind of like unwieldy. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely noticed it. Um, So then uh, from there, uh, sadly, Rachel and Ross have to go, not Rachel and Ross, uh, Monica and Ross have to go to the hospital because their Nana is very close to death. Um, Death door. There were some sweet um, emotional stuff in this episode that I I think um, I really, uh, you know, having, you know, I lost my father when I was 21. Um, The scene where they're like sitting around in the hospital, they're in the hallway. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) Sorry, I got a funny friend. I'm looking at my notes and then I got a funny text message from a friend of ours which I'll show you afterwards. It has nothing to do with anything. Is it about Brew Crew? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Anyway, that's, uh, yeah, uh, way behind the scenes. Um, So, uh, but, uh, okay, so they're sitting around in the waiting room or it's really just like a set, like a hallway or whatever, but they're just like, Sharing sharing stories about the person who's about to die or has just recently died, and that's Greg's um, taking out the trash. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're keeping updates on our neighbor who's taking out the trash. Well, I think we're, we might be getting a little bit too like. No, I don't think so. You like it? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I, I I thought that was very sweet. They're telling stories about her like taking more sweet and low packets from mm-hmm. restaurants than she'll ever use. Like that's I, you know when I think about like memories of the day my dad died like that's what i remember is like sitting around with my aunts and uncles basically basically waiting for the doctor to come in and confirm that my dad had passed away and we're all kind of like laughing and like my aunts telling me stories when my dad was a little kid and stuff like that like that was very uh it did felt very real and, and emotional i liked i liked that a lot yeah um uh okay then we go back to the first uh first scene at the coffee shop this episode we, uh, we go back with we, did you um the like i know this is the second week in a row i'm pointing out the like interstitial scene transition music on friends mm-hmm. did it i thought it was the police this time it was like a weird like kind of reggae reggae new wave like uh, i thought it was like huh, i didn't call that out an SO. <laughs> that's what it sounded they like they have used like modern songs before um harvey and your mother has done it we've talked about them yeah. using it a lot yeah. uh, but I, it wasn't the police but it's not like a police pastiche that's not the point just wanted to uh, to mention it pastiche. um <laughs> they're talking about uh um, That's a good cover band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be like the police cover band. Yeah, um, or the um, 
uh, uh, Weird Al like doing the police, um, you know, because uh, I was when so Weird Al. Yeah, I know you're not a Weird Al fan like I am. So Weird Al would do like specific song parodies, but then he would also do. Just what general what listeners or his fans call like pastiche words like he has he has a song called Mr. Popeil about like Ron Popeil the like home shop, shopping network uh-huh. guy and it's it's not a parody of any one B-52s song but it's clearly, it's clearly in like, the style of yes, B-52s we yeah. would call that like a pastiche okay. song so like if he did a police yeah. uh, one which he did I'm trying to think what police songs he's don't stand so close uh, to me well he did um, is it Magic? Police or is it Sting? That's there's a little black spot on the side. Oh, I think that's Sting. Okay, he did he did that song where there's like uh, there's a sale on our it's like I don't know a clothing store. Does he do like the long like tantric? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, let's do that. Uh, all right, uh, Weird Al uh, digression aside. Um, talking about people who. Uh, there's a there's a funny scene they talk about people who had died. Phoebe tells a story about a friend of hers who got struck by lightning and <laughs> died. Which again, uh, to tell Debbie, yeah, to tell um, stories from my not my own personal past. My mom, my mom actually had a friend in high school who was walking home from school wow. and got struck by lightning and died. Um, so that's a real thing. Um, let's see. Go back to the Chandler's office. His his coworker, who's I can't remember where we get her name. She has like a thick Long Island accent, yeah. like kind of like Janice, but she's not Janice. Yeah, but she kind of has that talk. Uh, I like that scene because her like little like Tupperware Caesar salad is just like as someone who has been away from the office for over a year yeah. now, like working from home. I was like, oh, that's very re- re- relatable. That's a coworker's office lunch like for sure. a sad magazine in the middle of the table, <laughs> yeah. like someone else was reading. And it's, yeah. You're not interested in it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was a very relatable uh, bit of office life. Um, then there's a sweet scene where Ross is helping his mom, and I guess, is that her, that's his aunt, her, her sister, his mom's sister? Yeah, yeah. And we hadn't seen her before, right? No. I wonder, I wonder if we ever see her again. I think she, like, came in from out of town. I don't think she's a regular character. Okay. Um, yeah, I wonder if we'll ever see her again, just like the, uh, the, uh, Monica's co-workers who, like, toss salads. We've so far we've gone through two <laughs> different, like, sous chefs yeah. at, uh, at the restaurant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Ross is helping uh, pick out clothes for Nana to be buried a in, um, dress. and he finds all the boxes of sugar or sweet and low packets, which is funny at first, but then it has like a little bit too yeah. cartoonish, like yeah. the number of sweet it and low packets that are from, like like raining down. Yeah, where are they coming? Yeah, from? I, mean, I know where they're coming from. There's a there's like a, a, a PA guy, like, like yeah, pouring, pop, pop yeah. guy dropping, but uh, um, that was kind of a corny. Uh, uh, Overreach. Then we get to. Um, uh, did you have something to say? Sorry, you, you mentioned Debbie. Oh, that was just a, a funny joke with the little. Yeah, but I didn't want to mention it because I didn't know if it was your funniest. It's not my okay. Fun- it's good up because there. it's not mine either. But uh, yeah, um, Rachel. Phoebe says that uh, tiny golf pencils remind her of her friend. Debbie, yeah. and so Rachel like gives her her like work like pencil for taking orders. Yeah, and then like and Phoebe's like, oh, it's sweet, and the the scene goes on, and then it goes back, and then Phoebe's like, I don't I, know who this is, but it is Debbie. It's not Debbie. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, that was a funny, very Phoebe type moment. Yeah. Uh, okay, then we go to the funeral. Um, I liked. Uh, 
Okay, I, I, I mentioned the sweet and low thing as being like a big broad joke that didn't work for me, like all the sweet and low packets. But <laughs> Ross falling into the open grave is again that a was, broad, obvious joke. But it was very funny. Very funny. It's yeah. a good like good. I I, I, I couldn't tell. I think it might have been David Schwimmer who did it, or was there a stunt guy? Because it's. I think the fall was a stunt guy, and then it showed. It I'm cut trying to because I feel like he lands and turns over, and it's his face. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. In any case, it was a whoever it was did well it. Done. It was a well yes. done stunt. It was yes. very funny. Agreed. Um. Uh. Then after the funeral, we go to the reception, and I I meant to ask you about this because I always ask you Jewish related questions. Their family's Jewish, but this was like a, this was not a Shiva. This was like a regular, like yeah. sort of they're run of the mill. Jewish like in the sense where like they're just mildly Jewish. Okay. <laughs> like they're not like, there's like little symbols here and there. Like there's a menorah in the background, but they never talk about being Jewish. They don't talk about any holidays or I think it's like, just a mild form of Judaism. Um, okay, so you don't think they... I don't think they were sitting Shiva. Or you don't shitting think they, Siva. Uh, yeah. It's the joke. <laughs> shitting Siva. Yeah, I don't think they were sitting Shiva. I don't think... So you're saying you don't think Ross and Rachel spent their childhoods searching for the Afikoman on... Uh, Sadly, no. Passover. <laughs> Missed out. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, the reception. Uh, there's another fun joke where Chandler's striking up a conversation with a young woman and then I can't remember who's Joey or Ross who says something about him being gay and basically like the woman's friend is like I told you the, or whatever. the woman was like so offended yeah like how well, yeah why are you wasting my that time that was like a little <laughs> yeah. more of the gay panic emerging yeah that's true but um, I, I will um, that woman I reckon I uh, the uh, Andrea, I think, was the character's name, uh, played by an actress named Carolyn Lowry. I didn't know that name, but I was like, as soon as she popped up, I she was like, familiar. I know her. Yeah, and I re- so she's in Candyman, the uh, movie yeah. from nineteen ninety nineteen ninety one that I've seen uh, probably a dozen times or or more. It's a great movie. She's the uh, student that Xander Berkeley. So Xander Berkeley is uh, Virginia Madsen's husband, and then he leaves her for a student. Oh, that's the student. She's the student. Interesting. Good um, eye. Uh, again, I didn't pick that up right away, but I knew I recognized her, and I had to look it up. So there was uh, Carolyn also, Lauer is the actress. There was also another sweet moment um, at the, I guess, reception, funeral reception with after party. He's not what after we actually party. Call it, yeah. But yeah, reception with Monica and her mom. Kind of like one of the constant. Um, I guess motifs we will talk about later, but it's, you know, Ross being the favorite and Monica and Ross's mom being just super critical of everything that Monica does, her hair, her skin, her, who she dates, all her life choices. But there was a kind of a sweet moment where her mom, you know, was talking about her mother. So Monica's grandma, Nana, about how she was always critical of her. And yeah, it was just like a sweet. It's an incredibly sweet moment, actually. Yeah. I, 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 made, I made note of it because, yeah, she's talking about how Nana was critical, and Monica's like, "Do you wish you told?" Trying her? to say like, "Yeah, yeah, he like you're like that," and it seems at first it seems like her mom's not. It getting went right it. over her head. Yeah, but eventually she does get it, and there's this very sweet moment where uh, Monica's mom is 
I think going to say something critical and then like realizes stops herself and instead comments yeah compliments her on the earring she's yeah. wearing and Monica says they're yours yes. and she says actually they were Nana's so yeah. I'm like getting teared I know like, it, was very, just, it was very very sweet it's so, a very sweet moment so yeah Monica's mom like was about to go into her natural inclination and yeah. like stopped herself and was able to like kind of see the error of her yeah, ways. A, There's a lot of learning. And great moment. It's very sweet. And then it was cut to like all the bros like secretly listening to the well, baseball I think, game. I think he had like a miniature TV. I think they're actually like crowded around watching. Oh, I thought it a was TV. A, I thought they were just listening to the radio. He's got the earbud in, but I think when we see it at the funeral, when he pulls it out, I think it's like a portable like oh, okay. television. Okay. Um, which I guess my, my thought was uh, maybe I come from a different, like I mentioned largely working class Catholic family, but like if there was a reception There'd be the a day of a football one. game, it, yeah, they probably just turn on the game in one, like in one room, you turn the game on, maybe leave the sound down or whatever. I didn't grow but, like, up like that. Like there was no TVs on yeah. at something like that. Did you have the, were the mirrors covered? We did in some houses. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we, I don't come from like a sport family at all, right, right. but we had a Havara there. They were like sportos. And like maybe there was a TV playing the baseball game or something, yeah. but yeah, that was never a thing yeah. for for my family. Um, so then, uh, after that very sweet moment with the earrings, then the show kind of I think uh, fucks up by trying to do another sweet moment that I thought was really on the nose and corny with the going through the old pictures and it's like oh and it's her and oh. the gang at John, Joppa yeah. Joe's oh they look like a fun gang they look like us which is. Uh, well, I think they just said they look like a fun gang. I don't think they said they look like us. But I think that was... Like yeah, that was the, the implication. Yeah. And I thought that was a little too on the nose. Yeah, like Java Joe. Like, that's silly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, finally, there's a stinger at the end um, where Chandler talks to a couple of the gay guys at his uh, oh, yeah. office and finds out that they don't think uh, he's he's gay. Like, they... Even the straight women think he's gay, but gay men know he's not, which uh, he like weirdly like puts his mind at ease. Yeah. But my first thought, well, it starts with him in the break room, like reading the newspaper with his feet up on the couch, like shooting like, Chandler, do you, you do that at home? You put your shoes on the couch at home? Yeah, gross. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, those are all the things that I wanted to point out about um the one where Nana dies twice. Did you have any other thoughts? Um, no, I wrote down less gay panic. Ross's right. favorite child. Um, are we on to our funniest? Yeah, let's do uh, funniest moments. I'll, I'll go first. Um, I, I'll pick one line, but really it's the entire conversation with Monica's dad. <laughs> Oh, yes. And his his <laughs> post death wishes, and he says, "I want to be, I want to be buried at sea. It looks like fun." That's a very funny line. But the whole conversation is just so funny. Yeah. Like he's like, "I think people think of me as predictable, but if, <laughs> but if I was buried at sea, they'd say buried huh. at sea, huh? Huh? <laughs> that was a very uh, Elliot Gold yeah. uh, genius, and oh, yeah, that was a, a a great little moment that he carried all his own. What was uh, your funniest moment? It was such a throwaway moment, but when so after the whole um, the whole like office lady false falsely uh-huh. identifies him. Um, he goes to the office and he says to the office lady, Hey, gorgeous, like <laughs> just clearly overcompensating. And it's like, I think it, the joke is that like, she's not gorgeous and he wouldn't say that. 
but it was just like funny of him like trying to to just prove st- straight his, it up yeah yeah um Okay, so uh, let's do Friends But Make It Fashion. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to pick from here. Oh, yeah. The funeral. Like, everyone's yeah. dressed to the nines at the funeral. Yeah. I've got, I mean, I don't want to... I'll let you go first because I don't want to, like... I have three. That, that's how... Well, we don't have to talk about our favorites necessarily. Just okay. It could be eye-catching. It could be ridiculous. For example... Um, Phoebe had a vest on in the first scene. Okay. And I don't know if you noticed it, but it was, um, I don't know how to describe it. They were aliens. She had a vest oh, on. Oh, but it was like squiggly, like line squiggly drawings. Squiggly aliens. Right? Yes. Yeah. I didn't realize they were aliens. It was but yeah, very, they were line very drawings. Cute. It was, that's very Phoebe. Um, very Phoebe. Um, yeah. Alien insects, I want to say. And then Ross just oversized corduroy everything. <laughs> Well, oversize is a big thing because that's uh, especially on the men. That yeah. was like very, yeah, of of the moment. So I want to talk about for the funeral. Both uh, Joey and Chandler are wearing overcoats to the funeral that are like they're swimming in them, so but it also thing. looks like they look like the cover of GQ from 1994. That's what was right. in yeah. at the moment, especially mixed with Chandler's hair is like wet, looks slicked oh, back. Gosh, yeah, everyone's wearing dark like oval frame. Mm-hmm. Wireframe, wire, uh, oval lens, wireframe glasses. But those are super hip now. Are those back? Yeah, they're they've like been, they've been back. Morpheus, like yeah. Oh, I like, guess Morpheus had the like the Jenners, like they always really? are wearing those little tiny circle. Um, so I weirdly liked Joey and Chandler's overcoats and uh, Chandler's silk scarf because it just felt like I feel like that's time works instead. Like that was hip at the time, probably. 10 years ago it would have looked horribly dated and now it's like vintage it's old enough now that it's like a vintage look yes but also I just feel like Ross looks so like his clothes are just so unflattering well I was specifically mentioning Joey and Chandler at the funeral I do love the turtlenecks I love when Joey wears a turtleneck he had like a cable knit orange turtleneck Mm. Um, which was also way too big yeah but I like that on him to the funeral he wore like a Collarless long sleeve shirt. It was a little bit. I was. Huh. It looked good on him, but I was also like, "This is a funeral, man." But I also Collar think buttons. Come on. Yeah, but I feel like the friends look good in black. Like I was so captured by Monica. I was like, "Wow, she's like she has a gorgeous, gorgeous face." And sometimes I'm like almost shocked by it. And I think when she wears like neutral tones. Like, her eyes really pop because she has bright blue eyes, like piercing blue eyes and dark, dark hair, which I think is a great look. I think she's quite becoming. But, yeah, I like all the black. I like all the turtlenecks. Well, the one other funeral outfit I wanted to mention was Rachel's, which was, like, a dark blue plaid, like, skirt suit. Yeah. It was... She was more obsessed with her shoes that her, like, paramour who's in Rome yeah. sent her that I feel like that was, like, a little runner that didn't really go anywhere. Um, but I guess what they just want to keep, like, remind keep us of the, the dude it's the dude from the blackout, the, the neighbor, right. right? To kind of um, intensify Ross's yeah. infatuation with her. Yeah. Um, so she's more into her, her shoes, which I actually didn't think were that great, but I'm not an expert on shoes. They were cute. They were uh, like weird bow Victorian. Was, yeah, the bow was kind of They dumb. were like pointy little Victorian yeah, shoes. with a bow. With a bow. Yeah, but I liked her like skirt suit. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was cute. A lot. All right, um, and then running jokes and motifs. We already mentioned gay panic as a mm-hmm. motif, yep. but also in the very first episode, Chandler does 
does it get better than yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't know if you had any uh, running jokes or motifs. Um, or... No, we talked about Ross is the favorite child. Um, Ross is the favorite child. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we covered it. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Um, all right, well, let's move on to How I Met Your Mother, Season 1, Episode episode 8, The Duel. The Duel. The Duel. Okay, so in this episode, it's official. Um, Lily moves out of her place and we learn that she hasn't been there in three months. This is why so it's, yeah. listeners who know the show know why every time in the past like seven episodes you've referred to Marshall and Lily's apartment. I've been sure to correct you right? because I knew this episode was coming. Right. So everyone just like, because she's always there. She's just, you know, she never we never see the inside of her apartment. We don't even know it exists. So apparently it did, but she hadn't been there in three months. It was like a garden apartment in Queens. Yeah. yeah. Which like wow, you just have that much money. You can just not live somewhere for three months and pay the but rent. But she's not paying rent at Marshall yeah. and Lily's, so yeah. she's still just paying one rent. That's true. Or not Marshall and Lily's. Now you got me doing yeah. it at, yeah. at Ted and Marshall's. Um, so, so Lily goes back to the apartment, which is now a Chinese restaurant. So it yeah, took it over. Good. We didn't really see the food, did we? Uh, at the end, when they go back at the end and they're eating dumplings. Oh, okay, but it's clearly still like a New York apartment. Like her dresser is still there. There's <laughs> like, like some artwork. Like the only thing that's Chinese restaurant are like the tables that they yeah. brought in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was funny. So yeah, I guess I she like didn't sign a lease. Yeah. I like the joke about, Oh, we still have your stuff in the back. Do you want to strap that up for you? Yeah, do you want, <laughs> that yeah. was a funny joke. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Um, and I guess, so it's decided that Lily will move in with um, Ted, and Marshall. Ted and Marshall. And, you know, Ted's cool with it. But then Barney, in his infinite wisdom, is like, oh, you're going to be edged out. Like, watch out. They're going to take over the apartment. You're going to be out on the streets. And then there's a conversation about, like, best friends. Like, who's the best friend? Yeah. Um, we can talk about that later, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Another story is Barney starts online dating um, with the the plan of like you know have a friend call to like kind of get him out of the date if he chooses like you're someone's in the hospital uncle's in the hospital mm-hmm. after five minutes and then Barney comes up with the lemon law the five minute lemon law so within five minutes of a date you figure out if it's someone that you want to continue yeah. Hanging out with. I found this weird because, and I've mentioned this in past episodes, like, eventually we will get, Barney will evolve to the part where the character, like, is, like, a player and is very successful with women. But, like, all we've seen for eight episodes now is Barney just not getting laid. completely. But in this case, it's him getting in his own way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's the one 
walking away. It, 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 it like uh, it feels like the show is going out of the way to not let Barney get laid. Yeah, which is just having watched the show and knowing what it becomes is uh, is just like there's a cognitive dissonance. Well, I feel like women are initially like into him, but then he just is so repulsive yeah. <laughs> with like everything that he says it just like turns everyone off yeah the, uh, the girl the girl who pulled the lemon law on him Jackie she liked him up until he said like tonight you'll be Jackie oh yeah that was so embarrassing <laughs> but yeah so he tried to make lemon law a thing and it worked right like it yeah it, 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 it caught on what do you think about the lemon law have you gone on many I know we talked about before like you never did online dating no I never did online dating I did like I've been I've been like relationship guy most of my life. I haven't been single at a stretch for very long. I did. So I don't have a lot of great, like dating stories. Hmm. So yeah. Um, but I would say in, in theory, I am all for dating, which is a very messy concept being streamlined. That's why I like the idea of oh, online like dating oriented. Like this is what it's. Yeah. So what we're I, I am in theory in favor of a dating lemon law where you have like a timer from the beginning of the date where each, each person can just walk away and the date's over and then and it's no, null and void. Yeah. I'm, no I'm harm done. Yeah. yeah. And then it's even better if like you have your friends at another bar that you can just kind of like go and meet up with after yeah. you know yeah. like I feel like that was the most fun part about like being single and dating but that's also because you were single and dating in your 20s when there was just a good chance you knew someone who was out at a bar like yes. if something had happened you could like yes could always like that that's my memory being my 20s is like oh, I have a free night who's out where right now or just like you need to meet me I just had the craziest date experience sure I have to talk shit about this yeah dude now that you and I are in our late 30s early 40s um like if you want to hang out with a friend you need to like make a plan in advance oh yeah and good luck like (laughs) having a late night hang yeah (laughs) that's that's not gonna happen it's too bad um, yes. So, so with the apartment, so what happens? Wait, should I talk about Robin going on a date with Martin Starr? Yeah, you can talk about whatever you want. Yeah, I love, I love when, uh, uh, recognizable people show up on, on yeah. these shows. Yeah. So Barney is trying to prove this like lemon law. And so he and Robin are at the bar and then they see Martin Starr like being a, a nerd in the, in the corner. So I felt like... I felt kind of personally attacked that he's like sitting at a bar alone, reading and eating hot wings, which is like something I have done many, many times. (laughs) Like do people, when I'm at a bar alone, reading and eating hot wings, do people like laugh at me? No, because you have like that male privilege of like being able to be anywhere doing whatever you want. Sorry, he's male. Yeah. No, I'm just talking about the double standard. Like I wouldn't go to a bar by myself and order hot wings. It would be less acceptable. But I still just, I just don't want to like the idea that people are. So yeah, Robin goes on a date fun. with Martin Starr. They go to some weird space, <laughs> space bar. Yeah, like a. a Cosmic. <laughs> yeah, like the waiters are dressed up as aliens. The drinks are wildly colored. Yeah. 
and Martin Starr, uh, the character has a name, I'm sure. I, I haven't bothered to look it up. Yeah. But he, like, refers to it his, as his favorite restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> I bring you to my favorite restaurant. Yeah, it looked fun. I would go. Um, so, yeah, she's trying to... Did it look to... like the food was good, though? Oh, probably not. Kevin. That's uh, his Kevin. character's name. Kevin. Okay, so she's trying to see if the lemon law, or Barney thinks that the lemon law will work. And she's like, no, I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. It's like... She gets a call from Barney, I think. It's like four minutes, 55 seconds. She's like, no, I'm going to like stick this one out, trying to prove him wrong. Yeah. And then um, Martin Starr says something about, like, if you're a hooker, I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> so basically, like, the Lemon Law proved... Right, right. Uh, ...to be effective in this case. Yeah. Um, okay, also, let's see... Barney or Ted and Marshall are now like coming to terms with them needing to make a decision. Like they can't all live there. Um, or can they? Um, so what happens with the coffee maker? Oh, so they used to have a coffee maker. They called it shocky. Um, and then it was kind of like a signal, like as soon as Lily came in and brought her own coffee maker, it was like, oh, this changes everything now. Like these dynamics yeah. are going to shift and they're going to edge me out. Um, I was a bit bothered by the fact that they just threw away Shocky. Shocky was just in the trash. That's rude. Well, it, like, it's dangerous. Like it should should have been in the trash. But I st- yes, but I still think... You don't throw it away. You say, hey, we Not without a, a conversation yeah. first. We have a new coffee maker. We're going to yeah. try this out. Yeah, don't And trash can it. we throw away Shocky? Would it yeah. be okay? I, I feel like it was rude to just throw Assume. away... Yes, I agree. Shared property. Um, also, Lily is painting. <laughs> the painting like was very silly. Yeah, apparently that's what she does. She paints. Yeah. Um, we see that she drops uh, a paintbrush off the fire escape at the beginning of the episode. She drops it on someone. Yeah. Yeah. So she's painting inside and it's like a landscape of the city, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then Marshall's like, oh, this is beautiful. Where should we put it? Oh, we could put it above the piano where the antique swords are. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, Ted is like totally offended and it's like a symbol of their friendship, just like being taken down. Because as we learned, they hung the swords the very first day they moved in. Yeah. So as soon as there was a mention of the swords, I'm like, oh, the duel. Like it was, so you know, I was like, oh, these swords are going to come in handy. Um, So they end up, you know, having a fun duel. It was fun. With the swords. (laughs) Um, Oh, because Ted, you didn't mention the um, British uh, phone box. Oh, yeah. He passive aggressively (laughs) orders a huge, (laughs) yeah, uh, British phone box um to have delivered um yeah what else happened here so i um a couple just uh stray observations i wanted to point out uh, i shouldn't say stray observations the av club has kind of a oh okay uh, <laughs> they, they used that okay. phrase so uh anyway let's call it something else a uh, couple yeah well well yeah let's put a pin in that and come up with something okay um i feel like you're good at coming up with these sort of things um when uh <laughs> When Robin calls Barney while he's on the date and pretends to be his Aunt Kathy. Yeah. And it's like creepy because it's like incestuous. Yeah. And also, as you know, I have multiple Aunt Kathy's. So oh. that was like weirded me out. Yes. Weirded me out. Um, Barney, uh, his lemon law, as much as I said I uh, like the lemon law, the first time he uses it, what? Because the girl has a thick accent? I thought her accent was charming. No, he didn't like it. Yeah. But what, like, who who is he to be so picky? He's shallow and picky. He doesn't, he shouldn't be. 
Um, but yeah, I guess that was enough to. She had just like a thick. Like Queens or Long yeah. Island. I don't know enough yeah. about New York to know yeah. accents, but um, yeah, just like a thick New York accent. Yeah. Like, I found it kind of charming. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, what I will be judgmental about is when Marshall and Lily have lunch together, that is a child's lunch. They make like ham and cheese on white bread. They have oh. a bowl of Cheetos <laughs> yeah. and then their drink. Lily gets up like two mini like Langer's apple juices. And like I thought it was They're because funny. she's a school teacher. I thought there was going to be some kind of it was such a child's lunch that I was like, is there going to be a joke about that? Okay. I was just thinking about the, so this is not a funny quote, but kind of a funny little gag was, you know, um, Ted's being, uh, Ted's like trying to mark his territory <laughs> yeah. and they joke about, he like puts his name in the, in the cheese block. He carves his name. He carves his name in the cheese block and they go, Props to the props department because you can actually see the cheese that it says Ted in the cheese. Like or it says Ed. Ed because they, that's the yeah. joke the Marshall makes. Well, now it's Ed. That, that was like a fun little yeah. gag. Um, uh, other notes I wanted to, to, to mention. Good uh, um, vocabulary word, Marshall calling Ted anhedonic. anhedonic, although I don't think that's a proper. I don't. Ted doesn't strike me as anhedonic. No. Yeah. Um, and then a very. I'm going to be here. I just like complain that people see me as a nerd. I'm going to be a huge nerd here and say how delighted I was when Lily says I have to tell my students that my fiance stabbed me with a broadsword. She actually got the type of sword right. That actually is a broadsword. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought that was a, a, a nice little uh, uh, note of research. Why does Lily know the difference between different types of swords? I don't know. I have to cool. assume that when they brought the swords home, there was like conversation about it. Right. Like what kind of swords are those? Let's figure it out. Yeah. And also they're, they're both, you know, intellectuals, you know, so yeah. I've talked about this on my other podcast that I, I went through a brief period a few years ago where I was, I did get, I got really into swords because, but Really, what it was, there was this Tumblr called Art of Swords that I was obsessed with. I read it, I read the Tumblr, every post um, in detail, and I was obsessed with it. And then the guy just, like, retired the Tumblr and deleted the archive, and I realized, like, oh, I guess I was just into this guy's Tumblr, because I didn't, like, keep being into swords once that, that Tumblr was God. gone. God, yeah, I wouldn't allow anything like that in our apartment. But I do like... Um, <laughs> but I still, I don't know, I still think swords are cool. Well, when we go to the Ren Fair, it's fun to look yeah. at, like, old weapons and yeah. throw them around a little bit. Um, you know, we throw them around. Yeah, we do. At the, at the Ren Fair every year, we uh, drink cider and Toss an throw axe. bladed weapons. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, should we move on to funniest moment? Yes. What was yeah. Yours? So the the cheese carving was a funny moment, yeah. and then Marshall, my crush, uh-huh. <laughs> um, he like picks up the phone, the the British phone, um, yeah. in a Cockney accent. Oh, hello, governor. Um, yeah. Well, because Ted says, "Oh, is that how it's going to be?" And he goes, "Bring, hello, governor. Yeah, that's how it's going to be, isn't it?" Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, that was very funny. Um, oh, and then the very last scene was the, I don't know if we're going there yet, but there, the, the gang is all at the Chinese restaurant. Oh yeah. So after everything, they all go to the Chinese restaurant. Um, 
they're eating, they're doing like a cheers. Um, and it turns out that the the restaurant music is actually Lily's old like mixtapes. Yeah. And it's like Chumbawamba. Yeah. Um, which is really funny. And then you hear over everything, happy Valentine's day, Lily, 1998 or like, (laughs) (laughs) so that was really, really funny. Very cute. Um, all our favorite stuff is Marshall stuff, uh, apparently, because I also liked, um, at the hospital after, after, um, Lily's been (laughs) running through with a broadsword. Um, uh, and, and Ted finally says, you guys can have the apartment. And Marshall says, but you fought so bravely for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was true. I like that. Yeah. Um, oh, I did write that down. Yeah. Oh, you did? I did. Yeah. All right. Uh, so how I, but how I met your mother, but make it fashion. What do you, um, what, what's, what are your picks? I didn't picks? have too much on this. I was, I wanted to have like kind of almost a larger conversation, like, Friends is the better fashion show yes. than How I Met Your Mother, but then I wonder, is that because of the thing that I was talking about before, that Friends is I just old so. enough that it's vintage? I think that's it. Whereas How I Met Your Mother, it's just like, it's 2005, it's boring. It's boring, but also very of the time. Like, there's so there's a superfluous amount of buttons on the women's clothes. Like, you oh, don't yeah. need Oh, yeah, Lily to, does have a thing that has... But that's a constant... There's always, like, more buttons than there needs to be, and yeah. maybe that was fashion maybe yeah and so maybe in 10 or 15 years people watch how many mother and be like oh i love the way they look back then but right now it's yeah. just like it's not it's just so out of vogue yeah that it's just boring yeah um i will say um the only, I, I, uh, obviously lily's cute so there's a lot of cute stuff on lily um her blue tank top in the hospital was a cute little tank top. In the final scene, though, at the Chinese restaurant, she's wearing, like, an olive green, like, duffels or, like, faux duffel coat. Uh, I kind of liked that. Cute, yeah. yeah. Um, Marshall looks good in everything. That goes without saying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and uh, so running jokes and motifs, you mentioned the best friends things would, mm-hmm. thing, which comes up twice. First... Ted refers to Marshall as his best friend and Barney like objects and he says one of my best friends and then the second time was even funnier because Robin says to Ted like he's your best friend and <laughs> Barney I can't even like describe this sound it's like a throat clearing he yeah. like, he's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and Robin's like one of your best friends I like that yeah also we saw the return of the have you met because right. uh, Barney right. does have you met Robin to to Martin Starr's character, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin the nerd. Kevin the hot wings loving nerd. So this was, so I noticed, so like the whole show is like a 30 year flashback. Right. Um, But there was also within the episode, a five year flashback of, of Ted and Marshall, like not wanting to deal with problems. So they, "Eh, let's let future us deal with this. Well, that was not, that one wasn't five years ago. That was, when they got the swords, that was five years but ago. But that's not the same. As There's the two different flashbacks. The one with future, where where past Ted and past Marshall talk about future Ted and future Marshall, that's only supposed to have been a few months before when, when they got engaged. Then oh, later deciding we get, who would get the apartment. Yes. Then later we get an all the way five years flashback to um to yeah them the day they moved in which pays off in the current thing because there's a they half ass the table with wood glue yeah. which is why Marshall stabs he yeah, he falls at the table breaks he falls and accidentally stabs or runs uh Lily through with a broadsword yeah um which uh, I I don't think the show ever addresses this but uh uh Ted and Marshall moved to New York pre nine eleven. 
hmm. if it was five because it's currently the fall of 05 on the show right so if it's five years before that fall of 2000 right I don't know if the show ever addresses 9-11. Yeah, I know friends didn't either. So. Um, right. Uh, but Lily, being a native New Yorker, um, I wonder if, how she feels, obviously. <laughs> it's not probably bad. Probably yeah. not happy yeah. about 9-11. Um, uh, similarities and differences. I, I, uh, I, I, I always want to be like highfalutin in this segment, uh, uh, you know, or find something like analytical. I couldn't really pinpoint any uh any major uh thematic no. echoes between the two shows um mine are just very very broad like similarities within the episodes not thematically but a hospital plot yeah <laughs> so and they eat, they eat chinese food in both episodes. they eat chinese food um there's also the coffee you know coffee with shocky oh, and right. then friends always drinking coffee well Here's a very specific one that I noticed. In both episodes, what? I wonder if it's the same. Is it the coffee table? Someone stands on a coffee table. Someone stands on the coffee table because Ross in the hospital does a very funny kind of throwaway like bit where he stands on the coffee table to hug his dad. To hug his dad. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. Okay, so we both uh, yeah. wrote down jumping on table. Yeah, and then Marshall, of course, yeah, jumps up on the coffee table yeah. at the end. Um, so yeah, I, I always want to be like, what does this show say about the generations yeah. in New York City and stuff? Like, I maybe we'll get to that further down the maybe, line, but yeah. right now we're talking about coffee tables and Chinese food. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, well, okay, so um, the next thing we do here is would you name the segment you named playing favorites? You and I just pick our favorite of the two episodes we watched. For me, it's no contest. The friends episode was, uh, was the winner. I think of the season one, episode eight showdown. Uh, yes, yes, I agree. Um, have I ever picked how I met your mother as a favorite? Yes. I think Halloween, right? Um, the Halloween episode. It might've been Halloween, but I know it was one of the last couple you did. Yes. So I'm going to be completely fair. I'm not always going to pick friends. No. Yeah. Me either. Yeah. I am. I'm, Surprised at how often Friends Friends uh, Beats out It's just uh, Like I I know How I Met Your Mother Enough that I know How good it's gonna get But I'm really surprised By how together Friends was From uh, From from the the beginning Yeah Yeah Yeah. Uh, So now on to My favorite segment (laughs) Or my favorite segment To introduce Is it really your Oh okay My favorite segment To introduce Because I get to say How are we doing yeah. This is when we look at the, the headlines and, and events in the world on the days these episodes aired. So, Friends Season 1, Episode 8, the one where Nana dies twice, aired on Thursday, November 10th, 1994. Uh, not a lot in the news this week, but I've, I should have been doing this from the beginning. Um, I can tell you what the number one song in the country was oh, on that's that fun. day. The number one song in the U.S. on November 10th, 1994 was Boys to Men's I'll Make Love to You. Oh, it's a good song. Uh, yeah, number two, Sheryl Crow, All I Want to Do. Also okay. a good song. Yeah. Sheryl Crow, uh, Missouri Pride. Um, okay, now we get into some weird stuff. Number three, Another Night by Real McCoy. Another night, another dream. Oh, okay. I know that yeah. song. Uh, number four, Here Comes the Hot Stepper by Inny Kamosi. Here come the hot stepper. Word up. Oh, okay. I, see, I, love, I love that you are so good at this. Let's keep it going. And Let's... then number five is Secret by Madonna. Oh, yeah. Someone's got a secret. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, 
All right. So those are the the, the top five songs. Again, That's not fun. a lot. Um, if the, there's not a good story, we should always do that. Yeah. The movies, the biggest movies at the, at the box office, I think, uh, I guess, were Shawshank Redemption, Ed Wood, an interview with a vampire. Mm, good year. Um, the actress Zoe Deutsch was born mm-hmm. on this day. Mm-hmm. Leah, uh, what's um, her mom is? Um, yeah. Um, Leah. From Back to the Future. Yeah. And, uh, Oh my gosh! I would have said oh if you gosh. hadn't said like, I have a block now. I, yeah. I, oh well. No. You're really gonna try and get it? Yeah. Okay, let's play a game then. Okay. Um, okay. Um, okay. Shit. Okay. What does it start with? A T. Is it Leah? Yeah. Yeah, it's Leah with no H. It's just an L E A. Leah. That's the T. T H. T H, but it's a silent H. Leah. You know, like Tom York's first name. Right. It's not Tom York, and her name is not. It's not Leah Thompson. It is Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. But it's not pronounced Leah Thompson, in case you were worried okay. about that. Uh, sure, listeners had lots of fun with that. I love. Well, I I, I, I like guessing games. Into our lives. Um, How I Met Your Mother, season one, episode eight, the duel, aired on Monday, November fourteenth, two thousand five. Uh, a little bit uh, more in, in in the news, but a lot of it is international stuff. There were uh, gas shortages in Uzbekistan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mexico and Venezuela withdrew their ambassadors from each other's countries. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, a lot of that is not fun stuff. Um, the uh, The biggest movies at the time... Speaking of Joss Whedon, Serenity, mm-hmm. uh, Walk the Line was out, mm-hmm. uh, Brokeback Mountain, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, mm. Lord of War, Nicolas Cage plays like an international arms dealer. I never saw it. Oy, okay. It was directed by Andrew Nichol, who made Gattaca, which is a great movie. Never seen it. Oh, you would love Gattaca. Really? Yeah. Well, I forget you're an Ethan Hawke skeptic, but it's also a Jude Law movie. I like Jude Law. Uh, and a Gwyneth movie. Um, uh, no, it's not. It's an Uma Thurman movie. Why did I say Gwyneth? Okay. It's Uma Thurman. Yeah, that's right. It's about the... It's a science fiction movie. Science fiction. Oh, you don't like science fiction, mm-hmm. and you don't like Ethan Hawke. I probably wouldn't like it. Like, I just judge it based on the cover. I, I could picture the cover, okay. and it's already... It's like a lemon law. I'm like, nope. <laughs> uh, well, that's... Okay, Gattaca's really good. Um, top five songs in the U.S. Uh, at the time. Gold Digger by Kanye West. Okay. Run It by Chris Brown. I don't know mm-hmm. this song. Um, My Homes by the Black Eyed Peas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soul Survivor by Young Jeezy. I feel like I know that song, but I can't think mm-hmm. of how it goes. And then uh, Photograph by Nickelback, uh, which I can't remember how that goes. So I don't um, like Nickelback. It's it's not how you remind me. It's like a different Nickelback song. Yeah, it probably sounds exactly the same. Um, so, yes, I guess I'm better at... Mid nineties jams, mid aughts jams. Yeah, there was. I, I, I've you and I have talked about this before. That I like. There's a period from like roughly like mid nineties to mid to late two thousands where I was so like into like I was listening to punk, punk or only, indie yeah. or like older music, or whatever. Like, there's a lot of popular like I've since gone back and like learned like early Beyonce stuff that I'd like didn't know at the time but like there's a lot of mainstream music from that 
12 year period Mm -hmm. that I just don't know. So yes, I was listening to punk rock also, but But you were keeping up. I was keeping up and I had MTV and I, you know, we listened to the radio. So I feel like I knew a lot of pop songs. So now we get to um, go to our next and final segment, which I call, we call challenge accepted. (laughs) This is where we make, um, Predictions. Predictions on what the next episode will be based on the title. Okay. But first, we have to revisit our past one. Um, oh, we still haven't aired last week's episode, so we just still don't know how the listeners voted on whether or not Cameron Mannheim is a big enough celebrity to count as a celebrity guest star. Yeah. I feel like she is. I feel like that's a big star. Emmy winner came in Cameron I mean, Mannheim, but I made this point last maybe, week. Maybe, yeah. Uh, so we'll get to that when the listeners decide, which will okay. be in a while. So my uh, prediction for, our, for friends, again, I was wrong, um, is that Ross pretends his Nana dies to get out of something right. and then she actually does. Which, which was is, a good guess. But that's not what happened. Yeah. You were also wrong. Uh, you said that the duel would involve Ted and Barney arguing over the same woman. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should have known with those swords. Uh, yeah, I guess the swords were in the past episodes, yeah. right? Yeah. They must have been. Yeah. I'm trying to, yeah, okay. Um, we got to keep an eye on that, that uh, phone box. You think he's going to send it away, or you think that's going to become a part of the apartment? Oh. Uh, um, all right, so... No points awarded then? That, yeah, zero. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, you were right that Ted gets in a duel, but you but were wrong obvious. with yeah. you were wrong about who his opponent would be and what, what the duel, the duel about. would be about. Yeah. All right, so <clears throat> next week, let's start with Friends. Okay. Season one, episode nine. It's called The One Where Underdog Gets Away. Um... Okay, so Underdog is a cartoon character, but I'm going to guess that hmm, Underdog gets away. I'm just going to guess, and I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to guess we're going to go back to them commenting on TV shows. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say they're watching an episode of mm-hmm. Underdog. Which they've done. Yeah, they yeah. always watch. So that's my prediction is okay. they're watching an episode of Underdog. Let okay. Me, Mark this down for posterity because who knows if it'll be another <laughs> three weeks before we record another this, one, yeah. uh, and, I, and I will and I will forget. So I'm going to say they watch an no episode of Jeez oh, Louise <laughs> Underdog. All right, season one, episode nine of How I Met Your Mother. Natalie, mm-hmm. the name of the episode is belly full of turkey. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, it's obvious time-wise that, I mean, this is an obvious Thanksgiving yeah. episode. aired on November 1st, 2005. November 21st, 2005. But the person who has the belly full of turkey, I'm going to say it's going to be Lily, and it's going to be a like a pregnancy scare. <laughs> they did talk about not being careful with their birth control. They did. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And Marshall said that as like a way to win an argument. Like, cause Ted's like, you're not going to have kids for three years. You never know. We're very, we're very irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> birth control to zip. Like, cause yeah. he's winning the argument. Um, okay. Lily has a belly full of Turkey semicolon pregnancy scare. All right. We will find out next week if you're right. I, uh, I've exhausted all of my notes. Did you have anything else you wanted to mention about seasons one episodes, eight of friends and how I met your mother? I don't. So with that, well, uh, yeah, you can uh, find, uh, Oh, I did set up, uh, the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. You can email us at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. That's fun. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey pretension, listen to my other podcast, battleship pretension and read my reviews and, stuff at battleshippretension.com I know you don't want people to find you anywhere so just the one where I met your mother if you have something for Natalie the one where I met your mother gmail.com I'll make sure she gets it yeah he'll pass it along so uh, that's it until next time farewell friends and mothers